Hello, everybody. Welcome to the OETA Movie Club podcast. I'm the director of the Movie Club, and I'm here with the Movie Club host, Mr. Robert Burt. Hey, Jeff. How are you doing? I am doing great. How are you doing today? Oh, not bad. Not bad? Pretty good. Oh, come on. Get happier. Oh, we got to... <laughs> come on. Get happy. Get happy. Um, we got a great movie to talk about. Yeah. Citizen Kane. Oh, yeah. First movie ever shown on the OETA Movie Club oh, back it is. in February of 1988. Wow. Yeah. That's, That's why we thought it was BJ's favorite for a right, long time. It was right. the first movie, and I thought, well, surely he started with his favorite movie. <laughs> well, um, and for the 30th anniversary, right, we'll just yeah. tell this story at the top, um, that we thought, wouldn't it be great to have uh, Citizen Kane uh, as the 30th anniversary because it was BJ's favorite. We were just, everybody was certain, certain. that it was BJ's favorite film. And so we looked into, you know, getting that film, right? Yeah. But it... Uh, At the time, it was just not cost prohibitive. <laughs> right, right. Because they wanted, for that one film... They wanted what we of, spend for a whole season. Yeah, yeah out I mean, of they, the sequence, yeah. it was like our entire budget for the year. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. So we didn't get it. And then uh, during the 30th anniversary, you know, we were on set. You know, we, we um, were, I asked BJ, so what's your favorite film? Just expecting to hear... Citizen, Citizen Kane, Kane. Yeah. and he says, he says, uh, guess who's coming to dinner? <laughs> Surprise! Surprise! And we were like, oh, I'm glad we didn't spend the money. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So um, we love you, BJ. Yeah, we do. We do. Um, miss you. All right. Yeah. So Citizen Kane, 1941. Orson Welles. I mean. Just let's set this up for us a little bit. This um, is just this is just a classic movie. Yeah, and uh, you know the 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 plot of the film is you know is very controversial yes. at the time, right? William Randolph Hearst was one of or possibly the most powerful man in American media at the time. He right. owned a, a newspaper in just about every, every American yeah. major metropolitan city. Yeah. And he owned um, uh, uh, w w he owned a film company as yes. well. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, when he heard that Orson Welles is doing a film uh, based on his life, he was incensed. He and yes. uh, he went on the warpath. He made sure that none of his papers uh, wrote anything about this film. Yeah, no reviews, no nothing. He even accused Wells of being a communist. Yeah. You know, um, to try to get his film shut yeah, down. Yeah. In the height of the Red Scare. I was going to say that. And that was when that was a serious statement. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, Just a rumor that you could, that you were a communist, much less the most powerful voice in the media saying it outright yes. could, you know, get you blacklisted. Yeah. Everybody knew it wasn't true. Right. Everybody knew. What the motivation behind it was, it was so yeah. transparent. So, I mean, originally, uh, Wells wanted to do the story of Howard Hughes. Yes. But um, uh, Hughes' life was so... Bizarre. And, yeah, <laughs> bizarre. And, you know, who would believe that he did yeah. this and he did that? So I was going to star Joseph Cotton as yeah. Howard Hughes. Yeah. But uh, so he moved on to his next... Uh, a major figure that he's going to put his finger in the eye of, you know, <laughs> right. in in uh, Hearst. Man, yeah, good way to make some enemies. Uh, despite all this publicity and how this film was, you know, like you said, we, there was a there was a uh, 
uh, press war. There was, you know, this, this new war of the newspapers and everything. And all, despite all this, the film was a box office flop. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I have some theories on that. Uh-huh. My main theory is that it's just not as good of a film <laughs> everyone thinks it is. Right. <laughs> The hype. The hype the is hype. impossible to live it, it up to. It is. It's so impossible. I mean, I mean, before I saw this film ever. Now, I mean, granted, I saw this film for the first time, what, 30 years ago or uh-huh. something. I don't know what it was. But I remember when I watched it thinking, I am about to see one of the greatest movies of all time. <laughs> because right. it's on everybody's top five, top ten list of greatest movies of all time. So it better be good. So it's going to be great. And I watched it and I was like, what's well, good? But, uh, yeah. But. Really? Yeah. What? <laughs> but Did I miss that? I mean, it's good. It's good. Yeah. But, yeah. But so. Well, the hype on this, of course, you know, because Hearst, you know, kept it from all of his papers. His, you know, the newspapers were very competitive back then. I mean, it was the major form of, oh, of media. Course, yeah. And yeah. Uh, so his competitors, uh, you know, bent over backwards, oh, they praising this. Yeah. You know, any little detail, they would, you know, do reams and reams of of uh, coverage on. Yeah. So, yeah, even at that time, it, it was built up as as this great, great film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then it came out, and to uh, really poor box office um, response, and uh, uh, it was... Take it off. It was taken out of circulation till the mid fifties. The mid fifties. I what I thought was the most crazy aspect of this because I mean most actors don't boo at other actors or boo at other. Oh films, yeah. But at the nineteen forty one Oscars, apparently it was booed every time it was mentioned or shown as one of its nine nominations. For it's nominated for nine Academy nine Awards. Nine Academy Awards. So somebody liked it. Somebody loved it. Yeah. And But the crowd <laughs> did not. At and so the it got, Academy Awards. At the Academy Award, and it got booed. And that just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. That's, no. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, booed every time, all nine times when it was presented. Why? For, uh, all, I don't... I, I mean, uh, was Hearst passing out $100 bills to, yeah. you know, Cary Grant and <laughs> Catherine Hepburn. Right. I mean, I just, all I said was I didn't necessarily agree that it might be the best film of all time. I still think it's good. I don't think yeah. it's boo-worthy. Yeah. It's a good, it's a really good film. I don't think it's worthy of being booed off the stage every time. And I mean, every show, everyone should watch the movie club to see it for of themselves. Of course. Tune in. Saturday <laughs> at 7. It is one of the greats. It is. Um, the, uh, I didn't know that Orson Welles had some issues with the film execs and the film executives wanting to be more involved and him wanting them to be way less involved. And apparently for the first several weeks of filming, they told the film executives that they were rehearsing. Right. And so it was weeks before the studio caught on and went, wait a minute, they're, wait a minute, they're already using tape. They've already come and got tape uh-huh. stock and, and everything. And and they oh, realized, surprise. yeah, surprise, we're about six weeks into filming instead of <laughs> rehearsals. And uh, this is a constant struggle, though, between directors and the executives, it is, you yeah. know, that uh, I mean, it goes on even today. Yeah. That, but you had the greatest uh, directors of all time, Hitchcock, um, under David O. Selznick, who brought him over from England, you know, to uh, for Selznick Pictures. Yeah. All of uh, Hitchcock's early stuff in this in this country. Um, uh, well, he would. Uh, he learned to do this under Selznick, and he just kept this habit that he would only shoot uh, enough film to put it together the way, the way he that he wanted it edited. Yep. 
And so he's editing in the camera. He's editing on the fly, yeah. The whole time. Yeah, he's sequencing and as he goes. Selznick was famous for re-editing, re-editing his director's everything. films. Yes. And so he was furious that he, and, and stymied, that yeah. he couldn't re-edit Hitchcock's films. <laughs> and thank God he, he didn't. Yeah, you yeah know. exactly. Um, Hitchcock's a good tie-in here because... Um, this is the first film score of um, Bernard Herrmann, oh, um, yeah. which is a very well-known. If you don't know the name, I guarantee you, you know the music. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, he was one of the top film composers from the 40s from to Hitchcock. like 70s. And yeah. yeah. And so this was his first one. But after he did this one, he went on to do several Alfred Hitchcock movies. I think... I mean, it's uh, it's well that famous. It's not half of his movies, but it's close. It's yeah. like it's a lot of Alfred Hitchcock movies. Well, that famous, um, you know, uh, shower scene. Yes, right in Psycho, Psycho yep. right there. Re, re, re. The, yep. the violins. That's him. That's Bernard Herrmann. Yep. Yeah. So a good tie in there with the Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> yeah. uh, we aims to please. We, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So the I I just thought it was so crazy that they were such like in. Head like headbutting the whole time with the film executives. I oh yeah, I guess Orson Welles was just like that all the time. Happens yeah. all the time. Really, usually it's over money. You right, know, Jack yeah. Warner wants you know wants you to go uh, ten days less on filming because he wants to save the money, or he wants, right. or you know, uh, the typical uh, with with most executives is they want you to do. Uh, under two hours, like a, an hour and a half, so that theater owners, so that uh, they can get an extra can showing an ex- in per yeah, day. get an extra showing yeah. in, yeah. And more money. Yeah. Or, you know, it's, it's, it's a business. There's, yeah. You know, it's course, art, but yeah. it's a business. But it's still a business. And, and so, yeah, these, I mean, a lot, I remember uh, there's a lot of times that these three-hour movies would come out and they would try so hard oh, to get them cut down yeah. because they knew, well, we're only going to get... You know, three showings a day, or whatever. Four like David Lean, you know, does yeah. three-hour films. That's all he did. You know, the huge spectacles, oh, and yeah. they were very expensive and very long. And cool just to look at. Yeah, beautiful but, and and masterpieces. Most oh of yeah, them. yeah, almost all of them. Um, I do want to talk about a scene. <laughs> this cracked when I read this. I laughed. I literally laughed out loud. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a scene. Where Kane and his entourage set off for the beach from Xanadu, uh-huh. and there's large birds seen flying in the background. Oh yeah! And if you look closely, you're still not going to be able to tell because it's so out of focus. <laughs> but if you know, then you know. But that scene is actually lifted from an old sci-fi film, and those are pterodactyls <laughs> in that scene. And they're just, they put it so far out and so out of focus and everything that it just looks like regular well, they, large birds. But yeah, that is actually from an old sci-fi film. Well, they thought it was King pterodactyls. Kong. Pterodactyls. From, from the Skull Island oh, they, part they, of King yeah, Kong. They said, uh-huh. yeah, they said it could have possibly come from King Kong 33 uh-huh. or Son of Kong 33. <laughs> yeah. Um, Son of, Bride of Kong. Bride of Kong. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but, uh, but yeah, I, I also really liked the line that... Uh, is delivered by Kane where he says, don't believe everything you hear uh-huh. on the radio, uh-huh. which I think is a, it, I do it think that be. it has to be. That has to be a, a little uh, dig on Orson Welles' War of the Worlds uh-huh. uh, radio weak. broadcast. Right. Yeah, a little nod. He to, scared everybody. Yeah, you know, they, oh, what they, a great concept. They, everybody remembers where they were when they when they heard that. Well, that's a great concept. I mean, I wasn't around. But, right. But I kind of wish I was. That is, such a, <laughs> that is such a great, I mean, imagine, I mean, like, I don't know. I, I guess after the end of it, I would be like, I was terrified. 
but that's kind of cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've listened to it several times. I've listened to it. Really, I love but it. To imagine listening to it live and thinking oh, it's yeah. real and <gasps> oh my goodness, we are being invaded. We are being by Martians. Invaded. Yeah. So um, Orson Welles was the first person on this movie to ever be nominated um, for an Oscar for Best Actor and Best Director. Same film. Uh-huh. As he should be. Yeah. Yeah. So One of those nine um, nominations that got booed. One of those, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, he also won Best Original Screenplay, which ah. was also given to him. And he tried. So. Okay, so there was another, um, another writer, right? And he tried to buy off that writer. Uh, I'm trying to remember his name now. He... Um, Actually, I'm flipping through the pages looking for it. Um, that uh, he tried to buy him off, uh, but he wouldn't do it. Uh, the uh, the union, uh, Herman J. Mankiewicz, right? Which I'm sure <laughs> is probably Joseph Mankiewicz's uh, yeah. uh, father. Right. Um, that he was the co-writer of the script, and and Wells wanted sole um, credit for the the script, and and Mankiewicz was going to do it. But the writers' union got wind of it and said, "No, no, no, you can't do that." <laughs> yeah, you know, Hollywood is a union town, right? And yeah, you don't, uh, you know, mess with those guys. They they get what they want. Yeah, Orson Welles was like, I mean, I, I just can't imagine. He must have been just a force to be reckoned with, just to be around. I mean, <laughs> says he worked eighteen hours a day on this film. Mm-hmm. Um, he very rarely slept. Began work at 4 a.m. Oh, man. To get all the makeup on for the aging. Said the makeup took three to four hours every oh, day. Oh, boy. And then, of course, during this makeup, he would be shooting or discussing the directing stuff that he's doing with the cinematographer and all uh-huh. that stuff and everything. But apparently, some of his castmates had said, reported that he was not doing well. He was drinking 30 to 40. <gasps> cups of coffee a day oh man and he was getting jaundice and mm. kind of the color of tea they said <laughs> or coffee <laughs> or coffee <laughs> and um, apparently he had to go on to a really strict like he switched from coffee to tea and they quit brewing it for him as much and like all this stuff but he was just wired 18 hours a day I mean, yeah. yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and um, so yeah i just i, I mean God bless. Yeah, doing script revisions while you're getting your makeup put on and uh, trying to figure out your your shots. Your shots. And there's a guy by the name of Greg Toland who's unknown, uh-huh. but if you read the credits, he's the main cinematographer. But he was also pretty much a co-director of this film. Um, he was the one that Orson Welles during these makeup sessions, yeah. told everything that he wanted for the day, told the shots he wanted, told everything. And between, Orson Welles is actually credited um, with Greg Tolan, and this is just some behind-the-scenes uh-huh. trivia stuff, but they are actually credited for inventing something called deep focus in film. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a technique that I read about years ago where like it's just where everything's in focus. Like, well, they developed they, a they lens. D- they developed a lens. Tolan developed a lens. Yeah. And, and you could uh, do this. You, you know, before that, you either had the foreground or the background in focus. Right. Couldn't do that. Couldn't do that. Um, and in this, there's several scenes. People who are, you know, photography nuts yeah. um, know this. They, you know, they they credit, you know, they say Citizen Kane is the is the genesis of this. Yes. That, uh, and they point to several scenes. Say, like, uh, Wells' mother is laying in bed. And you see uh, bottles in, in the foreground, foreground, like medicine yep. in the foreground, 
and it's in focus, but yeah. his mother in bed is out of focus in the mid-ground, yeah. and then um, uh, the two men coming through the door uh, the, in shadow, their, their, uh, their silhouettes, that's in focus as well. Right. And you just couldn't do that. Right. Before before this film, yeah. this was developed specifically for this specifically film. Specifically for this film, so yeah, I think that's always a cool like Greg. Tol- it's and I say Orson Welles and Greg Tolan. It's probably mainly Greg Tolan. But, sure, sure. But you know, Orson Welles is credited as well. And, Welles and, is too busy drinking coffee to develop right. a new lens. You know, <laughs> he tried to develop it. We just couldn't understand him because he was talking so fast. Um, but uh, yeah, thirty forty cups a day. Don't do that, folks. No, don't no. don't do that. That's, don't do this that's at insane. home, kids. Yeah. I don't even know if you should drink 40 cups of water a day. Yeah. It, it, I mean, cups. 40 cups. I mean, I don't know. Uh-uh. That seems insane. I'm not going to try. Yeah. Seems insane. Um, yeah. So let's um, talk about next week because we oh, are at the end really? of our time here. Yeah. We are. Oh, We're already at the end flies. of our time. We're having fun. Um, next week, we've got... The classic from 1938, Bringing Up Baby. Uh-huh. Oh, it's a good one. It is a good one. Ca- yeah. Cary Grant, Catherine Hepburn. And a leopard. Uh, and a leopard. And a leopard named Baby. Uh-huh. Spoiler. And it's not as bad. Uh, <laughs> then Asta, the dog, is Asta in this, Asta the dog. Too, right? The one that tries to bite. Yep. Um, Myrna Loy. Myrna Loy. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he, his, he got another part, and uh, in Hollywood, he got cast again. Dangerous animals. And, uh, yeah. Well, apparently, both the dog and the right leopard were a little dangerous during this. But we'll talk about that next week. Next week. But uh, but until then, please please send in those celebrity photos. Mm-hmm. Please include a story behind the photo. Um, we'll give you the address to that here in just a second. And um, listen, please. like, and subscribe to our uh, right now. You got a second, right? You can just uh, listen, like, and su- well, that's right. You can like and subscribe. You've already listened, right? So, right. Uh, yeah. And download that always helps us. Download mm-hmm. keeps helps us keep track of how we're doing. And be sure to come by oeta.tv/movieclub to drop us a line and let us know how we're doing. Let us yeah. know if you have any questions. Check out the movie. Check schedule. out the movie schedule and everything, and some trailers and and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everything. So, um, so anyway, until then. Oh, and I do want to give a shout out really quick before we leave to Terry Hollingsworth. Oh yeah, who sent in a celebrity photo with uh-huh. Gary Busey. Yeah. from Tulsa, his hometown. Busey, that's yeah. right. From the old Mazeppa. Yeah, uh, show. <laughs> that's how we got his start with yeah. Gaylord Sartain. Yeah. yeah, crazy. All right. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in, and until next week, take care. Bye bye. Make sure to like and subscribe to the podcast. You can preview all upcoming OETA Movie Club films at oeta.tv forward slash movie club. And please send your celebrity photos to P.O. Box 14190, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma 73113, or you can email them to us at oeta.tv forward slash movie club. And of course, tune in every Saturday night at 9 and on Fridays at 11. We'll see you on the couch every weekend for a great movie and fresh popcorn.